And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and coming up on the show, it's a new year. Happy New Year. Did you survive? Were you stuck at an airport because of Southwest Airlines? I've done many, actually I've done a couple of episodes about traveling and my experience with Southwest, so... My experience might not have been as bad as yours, but I do send you my condolences if you've suffered through the agony of Southwest Airlines. So new year means new things such as new laws. What's going on in your area? Anything interesting? Well, California apparently has decided enough is enough. Charging more for pink razors or other items marketed to women will become and has now become illegal in California, often called the pink tax. The practice of charging different prices for men and women for similar goods and services will no longer be tolerated in the state. Not sure how long it's been going on. I know that when I was doing some research on this, I thought it'd be interesting to start out with this because there's some other things you want to move into in the show. But with the pink tax, paying more for things such as uh, razors, shampoo, maybe, um, deodorant, stuff like that is now illegal if you are charging more for those things for women than for men. Now, if you don't really know exactly what the pink tax is, or you don't believe me because, hey, I'm a guy, and therefore I don't suffer from the pink tax, here's exactly what that pink tax is. Pink tax. What is it? Well, it isn't actually a tax at all. It's this. Paw Patrol helmet in blue costs $59.35, but a helmet that appears to be the exact same in pink costs $63.89. The pink tax refers to a trend where products marketed toward women and girls cost more than products marketed toward men and boys. Now, it is possible that some of these products have a legitimate reason for costing more. It could be that the materials or dyes in the products that are made for women cost more to manufacture. But according to Forbes, it's been proven that women pay way more every year for the same products. The best way to avoid it is to shop smart. Use your street sense. Check the ingredients and the volume on any product that you find that's for women and compare them to the rest. Find the best deal regardless of who the product is for. And don't let the marketing mess with your head. A razor is a razor, right? A razor is a razor indeed. Now, apparently, this isn't a tax at all. It goes on everywhere, supposedly. It's a marketing thing. I think the true crime here, though, is charging what? $59.60 bucks for a Paw Patrol helmet? I think the consumer is the one that needs to take a little bit more responsibility. Do you really need a Paw Patrol helmet or will just a helmet do? Maybe $29.95 or $29.99, whatever they charge for helmets these days. And so as you go through and you start looking at some of the items, and I want to do a comparison in a little bit about some of the items that I saw off of, uh, off of an online store that you might know about. But apparently women, on the average, spend $2,300 more per year on these same goods and services. And I'm not sure what the services are, but that's an extra $47 billion women spend extra in California alone, 
And apparently it's the same all over the place. You can look at New York where they uh, estimate the same about the same thing. You're spending more. And so this now apparent new law that is taking place in California makes it a no-no to do that. Okay. So how are they going to do that? What are they going to do? What are some of the items? What are some of the things that are going on in this pink tax world? Well, first of all, you got to take a look at, I guess, what it is that they're actually looking at. I guess you've got deodorants. For example, over 70% of deodorants without antiperspirant are aimed at men. While the vast majority of women's deodorants include antiperspirant. Sweating or perspiring for women is seen as more inappropriate. I think just perspiring for anybody is inappropriate. I don't want to be in the boardroom next to somebody who is the sweating to death, like Niagara Falls, just dripping from his pits. Don't need that. Here's another example, okay? And this is one that you're going to probably hear come up a couple times. But apparently in 2015, Radio Flyer, if you're not familiar with Radio Flyer, Radio Flyer used to be that red wagon that you stick the kids in or you had as a kid. And you would ride around in this red wagon as somebody was pulling you. But apparently now they've gotten more modern and they've gotten into the scooter world. So in 2015, a red, uh, um, yeah, a red radio flyer scooter for boys was sold for $24.99. And a pink scooter, the exact same thing, but a different color, was $49.99. Okay, first of all, who is buying a scooter for $49.99 if there's another one next to it that's $29.99? And red is a neutral color. It could go either way, right? If it was blue, that might be one thing. If it was yellow, but red is red. Is red. And so you're going to spend 20 bucks more for a pink. So again, I think that goes back to the consumer. But anyways, let's put this into some context, Okay. Let's put this into some context as to how this is going to affect people, especially in the state of California. For a long time, women have had to pay more than men for virtually the same products. Razors, shaving cream, deodorant, all because they're marketed towards women, a.k.a. the pink tax. This bill makes it illegal to price substantially similar items higher based on the gender they're geared towards. From toiletries to toys. The pink item tends to cost more than an identical blue item. There's small price differences that could go unnoticed on the day-to-day. That's terrible. I really wasn't aware of that before. The dollars and cents start to add up. AB 1297 eliminates the discriminatory pink tax by prohibiting different prices for goods based purely on what gender they're marketed to. I kind of noticed that I always saw that like the girls deodorant and razors were more. I figured it was because it was better, but now that I think about it, that's kind of messed up. Assembly member Rebecca Bauer-Cahon, the author of the bill, calling for price equality, saying, quote, the pink tax is a sexist penalty based purely on gender. Paying a financial cost for being a woman is unjust and only adds to the gender wage and wealth gaps. According to a study from the New York City Department of Consumer Affairs, more than half of women's products cost more than the same product marketed to men. I do notice it when I go shopping day to day, like especially when the grocery bills comes out, it's like comparing to like my male housemates. 
I have like more stuff to pay for. The women behind the bill aiming to kill the tax and bring equal access to all pink products. Okay, so there you have it. How it's supposed to be officially. Now, again, this is products, okay? Back in 95, California had a law that basically ensured services like hair salons, tailors, and dry cleaners charge the same price. So now this new law is going to extend to goods, like actual tangible goods. But here's the thing. Okay, it's been a while. It's been a couple decades since I have ever remotely even thought about hair care products, okay? I don't go to the barber, don't go to the salon, I don't buy shampoo, I don't have a brush, blah, 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 blah. So to me, it doesn't matter, and it hasn't mattered for a long time. However, when I used to engage in that activity, you go to the hair salon, get your haircut. I didn't go to the barber. Barbers kind of became obsolete, went from the barber, you know, with the red, white stripe pole, then it was like supercuts, but supercuts that tended to be the entry level for haircutting people. And so you'd find like a salon. And so I'd go to the salon. Now I get my hair done and I was growing my hair out at the time. So it was longer. So it required a little bit more than just a uh, buzz cut. But the prices, so ladies, the prices at a salon. If I went to get just a regular haircut, let's say I wasn't trying to grow out my hair or do anything, it would be, I don't know, eight to 10 bucks when I was uh, at that age, maybe high school, eight to 10 bucks. And then it would get uh, a little bit steeper from there. But there were some people I know, some ladies I know that would go and spend nearly a hundred dollars for haircuts. What do you do? Get your hair washed, get it cut. Now, I'm not talking about even colored or permed. Do they even do perms anymore? Did you do a perm? And then on top of that, so you get your hair cut or you barely get it cut. It costs you a lot of money. Then you got a tip, and we've talked about tipping before. And then they try to give you product. Have you ever paid for shampoo at a hair salon? Talk about pricey. And that's at the hair salon. So again, guys, if we had it our way, you would not be surprised if you walked into a fraternity house or someplace like that, and you had, well, let's not use a fraternity house because I doubt they do dishes, but let's say you walk into a bachelor pad of just a bunch of dudes that are millennials or maybe Gen Z. Let's go with Gen Z. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw one bottle of palm olive or something like that. One thing to do the dishes. One thing to wash the body, one thing to wash the hair, all in one palm olive. And that's it. That's kind of the routine of a guy. Now, maybe a little different. You might have your, if you wash dishes, you might have your dish soap. What about hand soap? Does hand soap even exist? And if you have hand soap, does the guy have body wash? No. Seldom will you find hand wash and body wash in the same bathroom at the same time. It's all in one. Now, ladies, on the other hand, you might have hand soap, right, that you actually use to just wash your hands. Then you might have body wash. And then you might have um, shampoo. And then you might have conditioner. And then you might have something even beyond that to protect the uh, colored job that you got. Maybe you went and got your hair dyed or something. You need to preserve the color 
in your hair. And it goes on and on and on. So again, the products that you use might be different and might be unique to your situation. But ladies, you do require a lot more, don't you? Now, granted, if you're talking about razors, are razors just razors? Do you pay more for that that Venus razor because it's pink? Or will a Bic do? Razors in general are pretty expensive as is. I have to do some shopping around. Uh, I grew out my goatee decades ago because one reason was it cut down on shaving. I don't like shaving. And then it extended my razor use because razors are off the charts when it comes to prices. Even when you go to those big bulk stores, it's still expensive. But again, what's the difference? Well, there is a little bit of a difference, and we all know that. But between the higher-end pink colors and the higher-end blue colors, is there really something different? Probably not. Is there a difference between shaving a leg and shaving a cheek? Probably not. There might be a little bit more of a... uh, Reason not to want to cut yourself if it's on your face, obviously, for scars and stuff. But again, a razor is a razor. So here, let's take a look at. So the point of that is that there are specific needs for specific things. And it might cost a little bit more when it comes to these products, right? But so I go online and I break down some stuff, okay? First of all, I got a list that was uh, printed according to a report, okay? So this is somebody else doing the research. So like shampoo, hair care, they averaged out 16 products, and the women's average was about 8 bucks. The guys was about five fifty. okay? Uh, razor cartridges, again, 18 products were looked at, I guess, researched, and the average price uh, for a women's razor is 17 a men's is 15 which I think is low. So I'm not sure when this study was done because people haven't been looking at razors lately. And that gets lotion. It goes about deodorant. Again, everything now is lower than if you went to the store today. When they did this research, they looked at 20 different products for deodorant. The average for ladies was $4.91. For men, $4.75. Body wash, the same thing. 18 different products, $5.70 for women, $5.40 for men. Now, I'm not sure what body wash ladies use. I mean, I doubt you're using, like, the old Spice. Uh, I doubt you're using Axe or any number of other types. Do you use uh, Dove? Is Dove one that's considered kind of gender neutral? I'm not really sure what gender neutral body wash is. Like, body wash is body wash, right? Not like a secret deodorant, strong enough for a man, but made for a woman. And then, of course, shaving cream. And this is interesting because shaving cream, they did 20 products. They researched and compared 20 products. And the average price was actually cheaper for women when it comes to uh, body products. I mean, a shaving product, shaving cream. Maybe ladies don't use shaving cream. And so then you get into the, the toys, for example. They looked at general toys. 20 products. Nearly $30 for girls, $26 for boys. Uh, you can look at uh, preschool toys. And again, there's about a $2 difference. Arts and crafts, about a $2 difference. And so again, this was the research that they had done on a couple of reports that, when I did research, came out on this. Okay. So then I did my own. Okay, so I went to Amazon. This is not scientific. I just typed in deodorant, and the Amazon choice is the one that I picked. So, Degree Original Antiperspirant Deodorant Shower. 
a six count. $14.38. Men's, and I think that's the, um, that's the, um, not the body wash, that's the uh, deodorant. Because we talked about antiperspirant, right? And that's the same price as it is for men. Same thing. Degree men antiperspirant deodorant, 48-hour protection. Pack of six, fourteen thirty-eight. So according to Amazon, deodorant, at least if you got that kind, maybe you need strong enough for a man but made for a woman. Do you actually use this stuff that, like, roll? does roll-on even exist anymore? Remember those roll-ons? I never used it. I used it once, and it was disgusting like that. Just made your armpits all nasty. I use the uh, aerosol spray. Yeah, I like to burn a hole in the ozone layer myself. For uh, in, uh, I'd rather have a hole in the ozone layer than a smelly body. Razors, Gillette Fusion razors for men, nineteen ninety four. The Gillette Venus. That's what I was talking about earlier. The Comfort Glide razors for women, sixteen ninety nine. Each have four razor blades. The refills. And one razor itself with the handle. So, according to Amazon, razors are a little bit cheaper for women. Again, this isn't a battle of the sexes. We're not talking about like a, a, a gender war here because, after all, do we really know what the definition of a woman is? Still trying to figure that out. Uh, you look at head and shoulders. Head and shoulders. That's like a universal, isn't it? Shampoo? I don't know. I don't use shampoo. But head and shoulders? Uh, anti-dandruff shampoo, twenty one ninety nine, compared to Pantene shampoo, the twin pack for ladies, seventeen ninety nine. So again, not sure exactly these are comparative, but you can see that the prices um, do vary. If anything, here's body wash Dove. Oh, Dove, Dove Men and Care, Men Plus Care Elements body wash, six ninety seven. Uh, Nivea. White peach and jasmine body wash with nourishing serum, four ninety nine. That sounds more exotic than Dove Men Plus Care Elements body wash. I think I need to get me some Nivea white peach and jasmine. Probably smell pretty good coming out of the shower. And it goes on and on. You got uh, hairspray. Whatever happened to uh, you guys? Still use the hairspray? Shh. Aquanet. Does Aquanet even exist anymore? Did we get rid of Aquanet because that's what caused the hole in the ozone layer from the 80s when all those people on the Sunset Strip were using Aquanet to get that big metal hair? Aquanet from Garnier Fructis hairspray. So Garnier Fructis hairspray for ladies, 379. Consort Extra Hold Men's Hairspray, 1191. Okay, and they're both Amazon choice. So again, it's not scientific, but whatever. Anyways, so you get to the point. So does it come down to this, really? Does it come down to the fact that women, their products cost more? Or is it just that these companies can charge more for whatever reason based on marketing? I mean, ladies, is pink really a color? I know there's a lot of ladies out there that pink is like a must. I know one person where green is her color. So, yeah, you adapt a color and a color scheme to fit maybe your persona or whatever it is you got going on, maybe a brand or something, all right? And so I know there's a lot of people that like pink, a lot of ladies that like pink, for example. So are you going to pay more just because it's that color? Do you shop? 
Should we as consumers, instead of dividing it like a gender thing, should we just look for the cheapest thing and make that decision? Do you have a go-to product that you like and you're going to get regardless of price? I mean, shaving creams, you've got a whole aisle of shaving creams. And so you absolutely have to get the right shaving cream, right? The one that lasts. Body wash, so many different choices. Which one do you choose? And so again, but here we're looking at it when we bring it to the world of politics. It's a, it's a gender thing. It's a gender bias thing. It's a racist thing. The one thing, however, I'll give you some advice. If you forget about everything else that we talked about, the one thing that you should never, ever, ever, ever chintz on is toilet paper. And if people buy bad stuff in the supermarket, I tell them. I saw one guy buying cheap toilet paper. I said, what are you doing? That's four rolls for 89 cents. That can't be good. Don't you like yourself? I understand the need to find a bargain. But toilet paper, you buy good toilet paper. I've been really broke. I always got good toilet paper. It's a line you don't cross. It tells you everything will be all right. The bills are late, but I got good toilet paper. We have so many blessings, we don't count. We have such great toilet paper. Did you ever think of that? That's Charmin Ultra. Oh, you can make a suit out of that. Is that Versace? Charmin. No dry cleaning, I just flush it. Comedian John Panette there. Little comic relief, no longer with us. Very funny guy. But again, you got this gender thing, okay? And so you might think, well, it's it's products. And there could be some truth to that. It's like I said, this isn't a gender war. This is something that caught my attention that I thought was kind of interesting because everything we do these days comes down to men versus women, comes down to what is a woman, comes down to gender ideology, comes down to LGBTQ, comes down to all these different, everything that we do in life, roads are racist, money is racist, math is racist, everything is racist, everything is sexist, everything is misogynist, everything is KKK, everything is, if you disagree with me, you are, and I'm going to label you with something, okay? But- Here's what it comes down to, the crux of it. So one of the things that has developed over the years is obviously transgender ideology, right? And with that comes repercussions. So, for example, we have a law now where you can't charge more for a woman's product that is about the same thing as a man, okay? So you can't charge for secret deodorant more than you can for Old Spice or whatever you buy, but yet, you now have this transgender ideology, and that has spun into things like, should trans women, people that were men, that are now women, should they compete in women's sports? And that became a big hot topic. In fact, recently, Caitlyn Jenner was uh, asked that question about trans women competing, and this is what she had to say about that. This is a question of fairness that's why i oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girl sports in school it just isn't fair and we have to protect girl sports in our but, school. But, but. so it comes down to fairness 
comes down to competition. Now, this has been going on for a long time. I've done many stories, not only on the podcast here, but in former radio shows. There was one time when, you know, I think it was Connecticut, these two uh, guys became women or started to identify as women and started to compete in track and field, especially in like the 100 and 200 meter dashes in women's or ladies or girls competition at the high school level. And they shattered everything. It was always one, two. Everything was always these two guys, one, two. They battled it out for first. And so they interviewed somebody from the Connecticut, uh, Connecticut high school that would compete against these trans women. And they would say that, you know, the competition for females at the high school level then for Connecticut at the state championships or at these different races was pretty even. There was one of three or four girls that when you got into the starting gate, you could look down the line and any number of these three to four girls could win. And they were always competing against each other. And they knew that when they got into the starting blocks and once that gun went off, they had an opportunity to win, come in second, third, or fourth. But they knew that they were competitive, that this was going to be an opportunity to win. Then when these guys started to run as women in the high school girls events, they would get into the starting blocks they would look down the line and they would think, well, who's going to come in third? And that's the difference. You put in all that hard work and all that effort practicing and you get in the starting blocks and you're competing for third because now things have changed due to the fact that these guys are now competing as women and they're in the girls' competition. Now, you can debate all the science, whatever, about that, but it has been proven. Again, you had that swimmer, what was her name, Leah Thomas, who apparently, in fact, I think I had some information on her. Um, she was like her numbers and her rankings when it came to the men's competition because she was a swimmer that swam in the Ivy League as a man for a couple of seasons and then transitioned and became a woman and swam as a woman. And she, her rankings would go from like the hundreds to the top 10. So she was in the hundreds swimming as a guy, qualifying, ranked 100th. In one, it was like 1600th, you know, stuff like that. So the rankings were really low. And then all of a sudden it jumped up, and now she's really high, and she's winning championships. And there's all these other women out there that aren't now winning anything, and they've competed their whole lives for this moment to win an Ivy League championship. And now all of a sudden someone comes in who is a different gender and all of a sudden now wins. And so they made their complaints to the NCAA, and nobody seemed to care. And then it was like they wanted to boycott and protest, but then they were fearful of the backlash that they would be the ones punished for wanting to protest and make a statement against it. Because I always thought, hey, if you don't like this, don't compete. If nobody else competes and this person is the only one in the starting blocks or these two guys are the only ones in the starting blocks or this guy is the only one up on the platform, it looked pretty embarrassing, wouldn't it, for the organizations? So, of course, there's going to be some clap back. Anyways, so you have that, and you have that debate that goes on and on and on. And if you scroll through social media now, you start to see these little videos pop up. I saw one video, volleyball, trans woman, guy, or used to be a guy, now is a woman, playing volleyball. I think it's high school. might have been, uh, yeah, I think it was high school. And hits the ball, goes for that spike or kill, as they call it. And it knocked the girl in the head because she could not react fast enough because that's how hard the ball was hit, fractured her skull. So now the safety issue 
comes into play. So what happens? Okay, so first off, you have swimming and you have track, and that's fine. All you're doing is racing the clock, really. So, okay, you get beat. But now when it comes to these other sports, safety's involved. I know UFC has faced this. I think Ronda Rousey at one point said she wouldn't get into the ring with, I think her name was Fallon, uh, because it was a transgendered woman, because the strength behind the punches. And so at what point do you draw the line? And so there was that debate going on, right? And so you have this debate over the cost of goods and services. Now you have this debate over trans women competing. But now you have this other thing going on where California has now become a sanctuary state for child gender surgery. The new law restricts California officials and health providers from cooperating with out-of-state attempts to stop a child from getting gender health services, which include puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and gender surgery. And it goes on and on from there. It says parents know what's best for their kids, and they should be able to make decisions around the health care of their children without fear. Now, does that include not allowing your kid to go through with something that your child claims to be? Probably not. The bill also bans police from arresting or extraditing someone based on another state's restrictions for providing gender health services to the child. So basically, it's a sanctuary state for child gender surgery. Now, you might be in favor of this, and you might be for that. Okay? So if you are, why? Well, to get a better understanding, let's go back to the should women compete? Okay, should trans women compete? And here's a man on the street, which I like to use, because it's the people out there talking, not experts, pundits, whatever. It's the people on the street and their thoughts. Should transgender athletes be allowed to compete in women's sports? Yes, 100%. I think so, yes, why not? That's what they chose to be, and um, I feel like they should have the right to, you know, perform as how they want to. Well, my answer is no. Your answer is no. That's right. Okay. And what do you think? I say no also. And why do you say so? Uh, because transgender women are women. Um, like I said, I think they should be able to perform as how they want to, but um, I feel like they earned their place, so they should be able to. People point to, like, Florence Joyner. Yeah. The Flojo. Yeah. Set the world record for the 100-meter dash. Yeah. Her, her world record wouldn't even qualify her for the 2020 men's Olympic uh, competition. People are saying that this biological advantage is unfair to women. What do you have to say about that? I don't know if it's a biological advantage, especially if they're taking um, hormones, right? So their testosterone levels are already going to be lower, which isn't going to give them a necessary advantage. So I would just say, like, look at the science. And, like, trans women are women, and that's kind of should just be the common understanding and just like allow them to be who they are there's women female athletes that are concerned about uh losing championships to transgender athletes because they're running faster or swimming faster do you think that that's a problem with interfering with championships and stuff huh that's a good question because like i never really thought about it in that deep until you asked me right now but because sometimes i feel like my boyfriend has an advantage in certain things you know so like do you think um, your boyfriend could you beat your boyfriend in like a maybe a running or swimming competition or, or <laughs> weightlifting no, I can't. So that's a really good question. Now that makes me think about it twice. So again, there was some feedback 
from the Man and Street interview. And if you watch the interview, you see that one of the ladies that answers originally is like for it. And then as you ask about the husband beating you, championships, something like that, they start to realize they haven't thought about it deeply enough to consider all the angles, all the options. They were just for it because they're for it. And then you have that other lady that's like trans women are women. Well, are they? Just because you say so, does that mean they are? Let's get into that a little bit. But first, okay, so you have apparently California thinking that children and parents, I guess, can decide to have transgender health services, puberty blockers, blocking the, uh, the growth of a child, um, maybe even operations to mutilate the body. So what can a child do? Let's start there. Okay, let's just look at children in general. What can children do? Well, depends on your age. Okay, so what can't children do? Okay, well, you can't buy a gun. In fact, recently they raged the age to 21 to buy a handgun. After extensive background checks, you have to be 18 to get a rifle, so children can't buy a gun. Children can't drink. You have to be 21 or over. You can't vote unless you're 16, or is it 18? I guess 18. Where am I at? So you're 18 to vote, but you're 16 to drive. That's the 16 I'm looking for. But then again, you have to take lessons, right? Okay. Go through driver's ed, driver's training, and do some stuff, just like buying a gun. When you buy a gun, you have to take a handgun safety test, or you might have to require other things, including a background check and stuff like that. And so um, there's not just an age requirement, but there's some other things you have to do to prove that you are capable of doing what it is that you want to do. Consensual sex. You have to be 18. Now, some states it's 16, but most states it's 18. Okay, so you can't take drugs. That's considered bad. You can't cut yourself. I had a student uh, that I filled in for in a class uh, at a, a younger student, and the first thing they told me was don't let this student be by themselves because they will disappear and cut themselves. Like, what? Yeah. It's a mental health thing, a safety thing. So they can't even do stuff alone in school because they might cut themselves. So what can't you do as an adult with children? So children, you have to be a certain age to do things, and then there are all some requirements. But then if you do behave or in a certain way, or you do act in a certain way, then it's deemed mental health or it's deemed wrong. Obviously, regular laws apply as well to kids, but these are some of the things that children can't do. But as an adult, what can't you do with kids? Well, you can't have a sexual relationship with them, especially if they're under the age of consent. It gets murky, I guess, if you're 60 with an 18-year-old, but again, you can't have sexual relationships. You can't abuse them. You can't hit. 
spanking has even been called into question. Remember Adrian Peterson, the NFL? He was with Minnesota Vikings, got in trouble by the NFL for spanking his kid. So even if you consider it a religious practice of spanking, it's abuse. You can't neglect your kid. You can't take care. Or if you don't take care of their overall welfare, their food, their clothing, their housing, school, etc., the state will come in and take your child away. You can't sell your kid. You can't traffic your kid. I've heard stories in other countries where people will sell their kid just because they need the money. And maybe it's not a sex trafficking thing. Maybe it's just selling it to another family for money. I don't know. They do things when you're desperate, right? But here you can't do that. So that includes both the sexual and non-sexual situations. You can't abandon your child unless it's a baby at a hospital, a police station, or maybe a fire station. But look at all the things you can and can't do. All the things children can't do. All the things parents can't do to their kids. Let's take it a step further, okay? Let's take a look at some of the mental health issues out there today. Schizophrenia. It's a mental disorder that distorts the reality of those who suffer from it by affecting the way they think, communicate, express emotions, and behave. Distorts reality. Affects the way they behave, think, act. Multiple personalities. Remember Sybil? the TV or the the movie. A personality disorder is a condition that causes maladaptive disturbances in an individual's thought processes, emotional processing, and behaviors. Paranoia. Paranoid personality disorder is characterized by paranoia and intense mistrust of others. These feelings apply even when there is no reason for them. So we start to look in these mental health issues. What are some of the treatments? Well, therapy, medication. Sometimes they need to be institutionalized. So these things are treated very seriously. And oftentimes if someone who is suffering from one of these or a mental health issue commits a crime, oftentimes they are, their sentence is served in a hospital compared to just prison. So things like this are taken very seriously, right? So if that's the case, and we look at some of these things, and we look at what children can't do unless you reach a certain age, you see what parents and adults can't do. In fact, there's a lot of professions out there that it's mandatory reporting that if you suspect something happening to a child, you need to report it. If you're a teacher in a school and you think the the student has been uh, abused, you need to report it. You have to. If you think the neglect has been involved, you need to report it. If you think the parent might be on drugs, there's things you have to report. It's the law for the welfare of the child. But then we turn around and we look at these children and we say, it's okay for you. To think that you're a girl when you were born a boy. It's okay for you to take hormone therapy and puberty blockers. It's okay for you to do some of these things. Go so far as to even have surgery to remove body parts. 
breast augmentations and so forth. How is that any different from some of the stuff that we're talking about here? How is that not abuse, neglect? I've seen many people tell their story about how their child was raised maybe a boy, but they was born a boy, but now they're raising him as a girl. Why? Why is that? Sounds like the, uh, the distortion of reality to me. Maybe we need to check in on some of these people, find out what's going on. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be protesting this and be like, you're, call me any kind of name. I've heard it all. You're uh, transphobic. You're bigoted. You're racist. You're all this stuff. Am I? Because I'm questioning it? Because I'm asking about it? Does that really make me any name that you want to call me? Why? If as a mandatory reporter, I'm supposed to report neglect and abuse. Is this not neglect and abuse? If they think they're one thing, when they're another, could that not be multiple personalities? I mean, we take these things serious, these mental health issues, but then we turn around and we promote someone being a gender that doesn't even exist. You want to talk about genders? Give me one second. Here we go. According to Healthline.com, and I use that because I guess it's more reputable than some of the other sites that threw out numbers, 68 genders are out there. Other places, I've seen up to 112 different genders. One of the big terms is non-binary. Non-binary means the, well, I guess it can mean a lot of things to different people, but basically it's, just, it's used to describe someone whose gender identity can't be described as exclusively woman or man. So you're not a man or a woman. You can't really identify with who you are or what you're doing. Doesn't that sound like the distortion of reality? Doesn't that sound like maybe a personality disorder? Now, I'm not saying these people are mentally ill. I'm not making accusations at all. I'm asking the questions. I'm starting the conversation. Why are we making laws in California and other places? I talked about it before. Why are we making laws to promote drugs, gambling, and other things that aren't healthy? And now we're promoting laws or protecting children, mutilating their bodies. I want to play something for you. It's a clip from a, uh, a gal, Helen Kirshner's her name. She was born female, started to transition to male, and went back to female. And this is what she has to uh, say about this whole gender dysphoria diagnosis and the gender dysphoria onset that has kind of hit our culture today. So I think it's a shame that rapid onset, gen- like this idea of rapid onset gender dysphoria is so controversial because the first time I looked at this study, this was after I'd already detransitioned, um, meaning that I stopped my trans identity. Um, I actually thought that it really resembled everything that the study found, like the high rates of uh, depression, anxiety, self-harm. I found that that really reflected my experience and the experience of so many young people 
people that I'd known both in high school and in college. Um, so I, I think it's very accurate. And when I look back on myself as a child, um, I wasn't really a tomboy. I didn't have any gender dysphoria as a child. Um, I looked forward to wearing dresses. I liked getting little makeup kits for Christmas and stuff. So there was no real indication that I would ever grow up to identify as trans or want to become a boy. Um, and it all happened very, very rapidly around the time I was 15. And when I look back on that, I see the roots in me joining online communities, particularly Tumblr, um, and kind of distancing myself from friends in real life and peers in real life, and just kind of getting really embroiled in this community online where everything was about social justice, everything was about gender all the time. And there was these hierarchical ways of looking at people, like it was bad to be a cis, not trans, straight white girl. And that's what I was, I was a straight white girl. And I felt that that was very bad at the time being in these communities. So eventually that combined with my mental health issues, I had a lot of body image issues, um, I was very socially self-conscious, um, that all kind of combined together and resulted in me originally identifying as non-binary, but over the course of a few years, it kind of just snowballed into full-on trans. So here's someone that has talked about suffering from depression, anxiety, leading to self-harm. Someone that didn't identify as trans, but had some, what she said was mental health issues going on, you know, body issues. Of course, People go through body issues. She was 15, middle school. That's a big time. The body's changing. Puberty's setting in. Voices change. Bodies change. Physiology changes. And people have a hard time just in general dealing with all that, right? It takes a couple of years to go through that. And people have a hard time. Even people that start to grow tall. I've known a few people that were six foot six and up and they were awkward and clumsy because their mobility and their skills haven't caught up yet with their height. So it's an awkward, awkward time, middle school. So what does she do? And this is the key. Okay. This is the key. So she joins online communities. Okay. That's fine. But then she removes herself from her friends, removes herself from her family, gets involved with people that have extreme ideology she was born what they call cis right cis white girl which is born female and it's bad they're telling her it's bad that you were born that way she has no control over how you're born we have no control over how we're born and now i'm supposed to feel guilty for how i'm born the way i'm born and that's how she felt and so she starts getting brainwashed into this ideology that makes her want to change. This new reality is created, and now she wants to change. And that's what happens with all these kind of cult things and these uh, people out there. Remember the Jonestown Massacre in Ghana where everybody went to the jungles and drank Kool-Aid? Even Manson? What they do is they remove people from their everyday life remove them from their friends, remove them from their families, remove them from other influences and take them so that you're the only one influencing them. That's how the cult world begins. And they start brainwashing them to believe 
the way you believe and that you and the way you believe is the only way. It's kind of interesting how we've seen that over the last couple of years take place with some of the events that have gone on and people have bought into it. But that's what happened. She got removed. And then all of a sudden this distorted reality comes in. And then she realizes, wait a minute, and has a change of heart and detransitions back. But again, what are the things that she mentioned? Depression, anxiety, body issues, body shaming, cutting, joining online, where all you're doing is being inundated. That was the whole thing with uh, white supremacy. If you look up the KKK and white supremacy and you start to see the propaganda that's being spread, it's this online, these secret things that people don't want you to know about. And then they spread their propaganda. And you have to be a part of that group. And you have to alienate everybody else. And believe in that. And they start brainwashing people. And you get people that are going through this because, yes, they're feeling this. And it's real. It's genuine emotion because it is hard to go through puberty. It's hard to go through those middle school years because everything is changing. But yet, we allow for parents and others who can't or aren't supposed to abuse, neglect their kids because they could get in trouble for that, right? But here now we're allowing it to happen. We're encouraging it to happen. We're encouraging taking kids. If someone took, if I took a kid into a strip club, do you think, what do you think would happen? But yet now we take kids to the library, not to read books, but to watch drag shows. Why is that okay? Why do people think that's okay? The age of consensual sex is 18 in most states. Why is anything of a sexual nature allowed to be presented to kids under the age of 16. Now you're starting to hear rumblings of things, especially coming out of California, where it's okay to kind of have a relationship with someone underaged. You're starting to see it slide in and keep an eye out on it because you're going to hear more and more about the acceptance of pedophilia and that it's okay. They even want to change the name pedophilia because that's a negative connotation. And so you got this gender dysphoria. So what is gender dysphoria? The distress experienced by those whose gender identity feels at odds with aspects of their body and or social gender role assigned to them at birth. So you're born a certain way, and we all know that you're either born a boy or girl, male or female. I haven't seen a third entity be born. So everything is identification. I identify as something that I'm not is what it comes down to. And then it says here, treatments varies from individual to individual, but can include hormone therapy, mental health support, and or genital reconstructive surgery, according to Britain's National Health Institute. And so you had, oh, here were the stats that I was talking about earlier. So you start to look at the change, right? But then what happens with these changes? Okay, well, you had uh, Leah Thomas. Again, she was ranked uh, 554th in the 200 freestyle. And then when she competed as a woman, she was ranked 5th. She was 65th in the men's 500 freestyle, became 1st in the women's, 
and then 1,650th in the freestyle, and she moved up to eighth. There was another college athlete, Jonathan Eastwood, from Montana. He was a runner, and he would compete and not do very well on the men's side. But then when he transitioned and became a woman, he started beating everybody by four or five seconds. Big difference in what we're doing. But you look at all of this stuff that's going on, and it's like, why are we pushing it? Why is it that this is what government is pushing? You know, there's a lot of people that say, well, you know, you identify as one thing and now you're another thing or you're born one thing and now you're another thing and, you know, late in life you might want to do it so it's okay. But when it comes back to the competition of it all, this is the one thing that I find interesting is that you can't just say a trans woman is a woman because there are differences. I do think that trans women have every right to compete in women's sports. When trans women are on hormones, the hormones break their body down. Having gender-affirming surgery breaks down the body. And so I think we really need to be educated before we jump to a conclusion that trans women are stronger than cis women in sport. I find it interesting that you assume the people who disagree with you are uneducated. I will speak out against that. I think the research shows that uh, trans women do happen to have a biological advantage against biological women. Even though you are taking hormones and that does start to change your body and level things out, we are talking about primarily people who have transitioned post-puberty, which means they do have male bone density, male wingspan, male hair hand size, feet size, lung capacity, all of these things are going against women, biological women, when trans women start to enter their spaces, their sports, and compete against them. Uh, and, and this is really concerning for me. Yeah, see, she's not wrong. First of all, when she talks about that, a lot of times when they transition later in life, they've gone through puberty. They've got male characteristics, bigger hands, bigger lung capacity, Things like that. So, of course, there's going to be an advantage. But here's the interesting thing. In the first part of that, the trans athlete that is pro-trans was talking about how these things break the body down. How can that be good when you're breaking the body down? You're breaking the body down. You're changing the body. I mean, do we really think that we, who have no control over how we're born, do you think we're actually... Smart enough to figure out that, oh, I was born wrong and therefore I need to change myself? How does that even make sense? And then you go back and you look at some of the things that we talked about when it comes to mental health. In fact, they talk about mental health. It talks about it right here. According to uh, the Gender Identities Clinic in Britain's National Health Services, some of the treatments for gender dysphoria is mental health support. So how is this even normal? So we go from the pink tax. Oh, well, you know, we can't, we can't charge women more for razors because that is bad. But yet we're going to allow kids to have puberty blockers and have body sex change operations. And we're going to allow that and provide a safe place for that. We can't define what a woman was. The latest Supreme Court justice told us that when asked during a confirmation if she knew what a woman was. She said, I can't identify as I'm not a biologist. So what do we got going on in this country? 
it's pretty messed up. So as we head into this new year with a lot of new anticipations of good things happening, right? The resolutions and stuff. We want good things going on. What do we do? Because politically, and that's what this is, and if you think about this through the terms, or if you look at this through the terms of politics, yeah, you're going to probably be disagreeing with a lot of what I say if you're on that side. Might be calling me names by now, maybe even switched off. I'm just asking questions. I'm asking for conversation about this because nobody is going to have answers for this because it's too complex for a one-size-fits-all answer. There is none. And you have to look at some of these people because even someone like Helen Kushner that we had on earlier, you have these people that are going to transition. They come out and they announce they're going to transition and they are praised and worshiped for it. They start going through the process and they realize, uh uh-oh, mistake. Now they start to transition back to who they were and now they're vilified by the same people that just moments ago praised them for doing their transitions. How is that even normal? goes back to that mental health thing. Really need to take a look at it and not just praise these people for who they are, but really take a look at it because in the long run, it's going to pose more problems and questions than we are going to get answers. This is Two Steps Ahead podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Hey, you could check out our website at RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. You can click on the Two Steps Ed podcast logo, and you can watch the videos to our show there. There's also a uh, SoundCloud icon that you can click, and the audio portion comes up. So if you want to take us with you on the go, you can download the podcast episodes from SoundCloud and take us with you on the go. There's also a uh, live streaming radio station connected to RadioWarp.com. Just click the Listen Live button, and you've got uh, the shows that will play throughout the day. You've got uh, music that plays throughout the day. You've got some other things on there as well that plays. So um, you can uh, download the app. Just go to your app store and look for Radio Warp app, Radio Warp, W-A-R-P, then app, A-P-P, Download it and take us with you on the go that way as well. We also have uh, Instagram, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. And you can click on the Linktree link in the bio, and it takes you to all of our different places. We've got the Rumble site. We've got uh, the Swag Shop. We've got uh, RadioWarp.com. We've got, uh, I think, some places like um, Spotify and maybe Pandora, places that you can listen to because we're on every platform. So anywhere you listen to podcasts, any platform, like I said, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartMedia Podcasts, Pandora, other places, we can be pretty much found anywhere. And then also you can just do a internet search of TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, we pop up. Or you can just say, hey, Suri, hey, Google, hey, Alexa, play TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and our latest podcast episode will pop up. So it's pretty easy to find us. You can also uh, email the show at TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast at gmail.com, and let us know what you think, respond to it, and uh, we'll get back to you as well. But again, you got to ask the questions. We can't just take things blindly and agree because like that one man on the street The lady first agreed that, yeah, trans women should be able to compete. And then as more questions were asked, she's like, that's a really good question. I have not thought about that as deeply as I should. It starts to change things. So the more you think about it, the more you educate yourself, the better off you're going to be. And that's what we need to do. It's just education. It's doing some some research on your own, looking for your own information, looking for sources that aren't so biased, looking for two, three, four sources 
that can provide information so that that way you're not just getting the biased information. And then the other thing we take from this is online communities, removing ourselves from friends and family in the real world can lead to some pretty negative and possibly some catastrophic things. So don't just live your life online. You've got to get your life out of there and get into the real world and meet people and meet friends and have a community that's offline. So that way you have some balance as well. Again, Sonidam, Two Steps Ahead podcast. Take your passion, make it happen. Let yourself be great. Until next time, God bless.